They're, listen, Dave, they started two, baby. to correct it, started, Part two. but they still have a long way to go. Like, for instance, I, I was explaining earlier that Procter & Gamble trades at a 23 to 26 multiple. It's growing at about 2 to 3%, and a lot of people associate Procter & Gamble as a value stock, but it's priced as a growth stock. And then you take a stock like Kohl's in retail, KSS, which has been badly, <clears throat> badly battered. It yields better than 8%. It trades at a multiple less than six, and you can see the bifurcation in what Kohl's is supposed to be a growth stock priced as a value stock, and what Procter & Gamble is supposed to be a value stock priced as a growth stock. So all of this is part and parcel of sector rotation based upon an impending recession perception. But the fact of the matter is, until that bifurcation is rectified, this market's going to stand a very little chance of rallying this year. Values in play, growth is out, and eventually that bifurcation, like I said, is going to be rectified. And when that convergence happens, that will help the market turn itself around eventually. And Jeff, in addition to the moves that we're seeing in the equity mm. markets, I know you're also taking a close look at what we're seeing play out in the bond market. The 10-year yield, we've been trying <clears> to make sense of the levels that we have seen. Although more recently, we've, we've remained relatively range-bound today. We're right at 371. What is that signaling to you? I call it a happy place, Shauna. The market's it's a happy place. It's saying, listen, below three, not feasible. But somewhere between, let's say, three, three, five. Well, first off, there's a lot of great companies right now that are actually, I, I'm a value guy. I don't look for crazy growth. I look for value. Well, do they have the cash flows to pay me a dividend? Sweet. Do they grow over time? Yes. Maybe not at a rapid rate. Um, I will say that during uh, recessionary times, I prefer value stocks. They're great, um, especially when everybody's selling off of them. I, the thing is, I look for anything that's just a well-established company that still continues to grow over time. I love banks. Um, I will say when banks go down in price, that's when I start buying the big banks. I start buying Bank of America. start buying U.S. Bank. I start buying, like, Wells Fargo. Credit card companies, especially. I love credit card companies, man. There's nothing better because, you know, credit card companies in the end, it's like it's like buying the casino. People using the credit cards. Now, I agree. I'm a credit card junkie. I love credit cards, but I pay them off. I pretend like they're a debit card because I pretend like they're an extension to my uh, current bank account. And that's just the way they should be seen. Um, but I do respect credit cards because sometimes it's good to have that extra line of credit just in case you need it. I don't really recommend living off of it, though. That's something I don't ever recommend anybody do. <clears throat> but yeah, I uh, I love it, man. So I don't know. Analyzing the stuff's fun. Do I really take it to heart? Not really. Let's continue. And maybe a five and a quarter handle is where the market may fluctuate most of the year. <clears throat> depending upon the debt, the Fed's data dependent decisions. So I think that we're capped at five and a quarter. I think the Fed's going to set some type of mandate saying, listen, we don't need to go buy five and a quarter. That's an overshoot. But then again, for those looking for a pivot and a cut, that's also out of the cards. And that's just not going to happen unless we get inflation below a four handle. And we're still sitting at a seven handle. So I think maybe we stay between three and five and a quarter. And if you time weight average it, we might just fluctuate between three, five and four or five for the better part of three to four to six months from where we are now. Buckle up quickly, Jeff. You say the great resignation has backfired. And what do you see that reflected? 
Well, a couple of years back, Dave, you had 8 million people who said, this is an opportunity for me to change my lot in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was the COVID people made decisions with their lives and they were laid off and they had to kind of reconfigure their, their job positioning. And so when 8 million people quit, half of them went into, you know, starting their own businesses, other the half worked for other people, but worked on a part-time basis. Well, that thing is now backfiring because with layoffs coming forward, with upward pressure on wages, and we're kind of slowly sinking into a warm bath of a recession, that type of, that great designation works wonders in a, in a bull market, in a growing economy. But in a declining economy or a compressed economy, moving into some type of See, the thing is, I see what he's saying right there. I stayed loyal to the company that I work for because, one, they've been great to me. Um, it's one of those things that I decided, you know, instead of resigning from my job, why not just, you know, keep working the job that I work? And I'm lucky because I, I am lucky because I get to work from home. But I thought about it and I was like, well, why not just, you know, I could still have multiple streams of income and still work my job. And that's kind of what I thought about. I was like, why not do that? You know, I keep investing in dividends. I keep working uh, the job that I work. I keep um, I keep making these videos just to entertain everybody because I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I decided to stay loyal. And I think my company, does. the company I work for cares about that. They saw that I wasn't trying to mess with the system, you know? I mean, I just didn't see, I just thought it would be more of a hassle to try to switch jobs and that's kind of what i noticed i just you know i kind of have this golden rule that if everybody's doing it try to uh, try to avoid it um because it's probably not good for you and um hold on hold on you got a buzzer going as far as it all uh, as far as it all goes i'm sorry i had to take a pizza out of the oven <clears throat> as far as it all goes though from what i've been able to tell um you know i mean we're i mean look the markets have been unstable for a while and that's fine you know, people don't see this as a buying opportunity. In fact, when you see, when you see people, when you see investors rapidly selling off across the board, it doesn't matter what sector it is, doesn't matter what company it is. It's a great time to buy fantastic companies that at least pay some kind of a dividend. <laughs> the dividend, look, most companies, if they have constant cash flows during any sort of market. Like I'm, when I say cash flows, I mean they're constantly producing things. They're constantly making a profit off of the things they produce. And if they're bringing home money and they're able to disperse that to the shareholders and there's enough shareholder equity, that's cool. Um, you know, I prefer companies that don't have a lot of debt. I prefer companies that have a three to one ratio, uh, assets to liabilities, um, assets, uh, Assets times three, and then over liabilities times one. It's kind of, it's kind of how I look at it. So I want you to have three times the assets over the liabilities. So that's kind of the deal. Um, I don't like a company that's riddled in debt. I like a company that's well established. Um, still continues to produce. Still well managed. You know, has a good bright horizon. Has good uh has a good shareholder base, uh, has a lot of institutional interest, uh, institutional investors, stuff like that. And it's uh, most institutional investors want a long-term hold in it. So that's kind of my thing. It's kind of how I roll. That's how I'm sticking to it. Anyway, later, everybody. Hee <laughs> hee.